I'm Kurt Benkert, and this is Pocket Presence, powered by Sleeper. Let's do it. Happy Friday. It's Thursday right now, but it's Friday for everyone that's listening. And we have some really, really exciting playoff matchups coming up. We waited to dive in, but we also have DFS implications, and the lines have been set for a while now. So we kind of know what's at stake here. And I think more so than anything, like last week, you got to look at the weather first. Who's playing indoors? Who's playing outdoors? One of the things that I saw this week is actually that San Francisco and the Packers might be playing in a little bit of rain. Is that true? Can we fact check that? I'm sure we could if we needed to, but that has some implications on some of these lines. Yes. So we're getting them early. Implications. You know, we get a little edge on on sleeper. It's it's not bad. No, not bad at all. And I think, look, man, we're gonna we might, we might have jumped in a little too fast in this episode, but we're excited. This weekend has been long awaited for the entire week. There's like less to talk about throughout the week because there's not so many teams. So I'm just like, man, force feed me these what four games? We have four games. We have yeah. eight teams left. Where it are you is crazy watching from, Tyler? So this is my final day in Hawaii, unfortunately. We get mm-hmm. one more episode. I, I switched locations for those watching on YouTube to uh, I'm, I'm on a porch. I'll actually turn my camera as, as I'm talking so that people can see the ocean right behind me. But I'll be, I'll be back in Minneapolis behind enemy lines, but you know the Packers beat the Vikings, so there's, there's not much yep. people in Minneapolis can say as, as I'm hopefully watching the Packers beat the 49ers. Yeah, dude, I... I'm excited. I think like with the way that like the line was set for pregame and like every everything that's at stake for this game, I just I'm very heavy Packers bias right now. And I like I can't talk myself out of it. Yeah. Like, no matter what I, lane I go down, I'm like, but the Packers. Like even if I try to convince myself it's the Niners, like I still have more like reservation with that argument than I do the Packers argument. Dude, 49ers fans are mean. I saw you were on Kay Adams this week and yep. you were you're talking up the Packers. And I don't even know if you were like, I mean, you know, maybe you said the Packers were gonna win, but it seems like anything negatively said about the 49ers is just is licensed for you to get yeah. taken down by any 49ers fan online. They like they can't understand that their team might have weakness. And they've been great all year, but we saw them get ran by the by the uh by the Ravens. Somebody also brought up that uh, Kirk Cousins without Justin Jefferson on a Monday on a Monday night football, a game which I was actually at, tore them up for something like, you know, 350 passing yards. So they are mortal at the very least. And I think it's you, yeah. you've talked about all the time. It's one game. The Packers need one game and they could pull it off. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's a dangerous situation because it is just one game. What if what if like the ball slips out of Brock Purdy's hands accidentally? Like that one little instance in a rain game, which we've seen it happen could change the whole course of the season. And it's like, there's no room for error now. And I think in a game where there's no room for error, you know, I think the fans are a little bit nervous. That's, that's what I'm saying. I don't even take it to heart. Like I, I trust my own analysis when I'm doing these things, but I'm just like looking at the writing on the wall and I'm like, like, are we so sure that the Niners are this juggernaut? Because yes, they lost games when they were missing players. And that's the thing. Oh, we didn't have our guys. Like you still lost. Like you're, you're not impenetrable. And mm-hmm. like what the Ravens did and the way that they played in a very like, don't get beat deep. You got to earn everything. If you throw a ball a little bit like tipped, or if it gets tipped, or if it's not as accurate, like we're going to intercept it. Like it's kind of the Packers defensive formula. And I'm like, is nobody going to like see this? Is nobody seeing this right now? So I think that's kind of what I'm looking at for this game. And I don't know, man, I'm just not so sure 
that it's just that easy or that simple. So yeah, it's also the NFL and you don't always have all of your best players available. I mean, not that we root for injuries, but in the middle of any game, you know, somebody could twist an ankle, somebody could catch a stinger like there. I don't think you should get so much credit for like, oh, we're so good when all of our players are available, because at this point in the season, that's just not a given that all of your players are going to be available. So if as a fan, you're going to use that as a crutch. I think that I think that is emitting a bit of defeat at, at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, there's there's no doubt about it that the 49ers probably have the most loaded roster in the NFL. Like, I don't mm. think that we could look anywhere else and say that somebody's a better roster. Should they win this game? Yeah. Will they win it? Probably so. But I wouldn't just lock anything right now. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't lock anything across the board besides like I, th- I feel more confident that the Lions are going to beat the Bucks than the 49ers are going to beat the Packers. Like mm. that's so I don't know. I'm excited to talk about this stuff. I'm excited to dive in, see what DFS implications we have. But look, man, I just lo- I just looked at the weather for the Packers game. We'll start there because I think that's that's what we want to jump into. That's what everybody's here for. And this Packers team goes to Santa Clara. It's a Saturday night game. 75% chance of rain. The last time that Brock Purdy played in a rain game, I believe. I believe Baltimore, maybe. Did it rain in that Baltimore game? It was a little sloppy in that first half, if I remember. And then there was a game early. No, there was a game early in the season, too. I'd have to go back and look. Let me go back and check this real quick, because I think this is important. He had, like, he had a fumble where the ball, like, slid out of his hand backwards. Um, it was against the Browns. It was the Browns, their first loss. I believe it was their first loss against the Browns. It was a rain game. And we were like, whoa, like, okay, we know what his kryptonite is. It's the rain. And, yeah, he was 12 of 27, 125 yards passing. One touchdown, one interception. I think he had like a fumble or two. And I'm like, okay. This just could be one of those games that's like the things, the stars align. So that's kind of what I'm looking for right now. And we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, man, I'm I'm ready to get to it. I'm like, I'm so ready to sit on my couch and just watch ball. I can't wait. Really looking forward to it. So the lines right now on sleeper love uh, two, 250 and a half passing yards. You can take the more or less on that Purdy at 265 and a half passing yards. So setting set a little bit higher than love, but yeah. How, how does the rain factor into these lines? Do you, do you think that they're even set correctly? According to your own algorithms, you know, love currently projected yeah. to have fewer passing yards than Brock Purdy. I, I don't think really, I think this is going to be a lower scoring game than people think. I think this game is going to be heavy on the ground. I do see that sleeper has a 21% off on McCaffrey on his yards. So they're giving him 73 and a half yards. So like I'm going to start building right now. I'm going to add that to an entry. And then I look at the rest of this game, like Jordan love seven and a half rushing yards. I th- like, I'm not going to touch that. He hasn't needed to rush much. Aaron Jones, 68 and a half rushing yards. He's gone over a hundred the last four weeks the Packers are not going to go down without giving him the ball 20 times. Like I promise you that. So I'm, I'm like, I'm looking at Aaron Jones. Give me Aaron Jones over on 68 and a half. I'm looking at Jaden Reed. He didn't do anything last week. I think he's going to have to do something this week, but still a little sketchy rain game. I don't know. I don't really love that. I don't, I don't love a lot of what's on the board right now. I do like, I like craft receptions. Maybe I think the, I think that they give up stuff to the flats, but Musgrave's been taking some shares. So like, this is kind of like my thought process when I'm going down and looking through these things, like, eh, 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 where are the locks? I don't know if I love any locks in this game. I do like Wix's receptions, but I don't love it. Like, honestly, right now I'm looking at Aaron Jones rushing yards over. I'm looking at McCaffrey rushing yards over. 
uh, the discounted one. And then give me, give me Brock Purdy under 265 and a half passing yards. I think that's what we're mm-hmm. going to roll with. And this is going to be a $10 entry. So $10 makes 55 and a half. And that's like, that's kind of how I go through it. But I think because of the rain, they're going to run the ball more, pass the ball less. I think Purdy's line's already set kind of high relative to where he's, what he's done in the last few weeks. He's thrown Washington 230, Baltimore 255, Arizona 242. Like he hasn't really been throwing for that many yards. They've been trying to lean on McCaffrey. And I think they know what the strength of their team is. It's running with McCaffrey, play action off of it. McCaffrey's got to get his if the 49ers want to win this game. So that's what I'm going to stick with that game. I mean, we saw Joe Barry and that defense hold Dak Prescott to literally zero passing yards in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And Dak was in the MVP conversation for longer than Brock Purdy was this year. So it almost seems like there's this bias to how bad the Packers defense was. And you and I, Kurt, were two of the loudest voices on that. But it, we've yeah. mentioned it has come around to where maybe these lines just haven't exactly caught up to the fact that the Packers defense is playing pretty good right now. Yeah, dude, since they started changing their scheme, the last few weeks, like on, on third down specifically, that's where I've been seeing the biggest trend in the right direction. They're not just giving free completions on third down. They've done that a lot this year. That's been like the the negative, right, for Joe Barry. How How is he just going to let them line up and now not be prepared for whatever's happening? And I just, they're making them earn it right now. And I think that that's something that needs to be taken into consideration when you're talking about this matchup. So you, you like to talk through, I love building slips with you because you talk about how you think the game's going to go. It seems like you're projecting a pretty heavy on the ground type of game, low scoring. Maybe are you, yeah, it doesn't seem like you're, I, I, you're projecting be this to be a shootout. Okay. Yeah, I think it's going to be lower scoring. I don't think, I think especially with the conditions, like I don't think that you can just bank on that. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be lower scoring. I think that right now, the way that I look at it, the completions are not going to be down the field completions like might might get one or two like intermediate route type plays as the game goes on per side but i don't think anyone's just going to bomb anyone i don't think safeties are just going to give up freebies i don't think it's gonna be that type of game i think this is gonna be a four-quarter football game and it's gonna be who takes care of the football like who does not turn it over who has better run efficiency and who can convert on third down and then when you get to the red zone all i'm going to be watching this entire game is who can get away with touchdowns and who has to go away with field goals and i think we're going to have a pretty good sense of that by the second quarter of like what this game's going to feel like. Yeah. And you got to love Packers at nine and a half right now. If you're projecting oh, a low scoring, it. if you're, if you're projecting a low scoring game, that means yeah. it's probably not going to be a blowout. Packers are probably going to be able to keep it close and at least cover. And if not, you know, you, you talked about one of your biggest bets of the year was the Packers last week against the spread on, yeah. on against the Cowboys. And couldn't imagine it could be much different oh, this dude. week. It was a great week. <laughs> but yeah, this, <laughs> this one, dude, like I'm looking at it right now and I'm like, okay, like it's set to is it nine and a half it's currently at nine and a half yeah so like nine and a half i'm like okay let's look that thing up to like ten and a half i think that's a little bit of a safer one i hate like the non-football score spreads but like what i'm really looking at is 14 and a half i'm like give them give me the pack give the packers two touchdowns give them two touchdowns because i think that they could win the game so like i feel like that's a very comfortable safe bet for the price obviously this is not what we're all doing with DFS, but when you're looking at like game outcomes, that's how I think it's going to go. I think it's going to be, I don't think they're going to lose by more than two touchdowns. I think they have a chance to win. Should they win? No. And that's as simple as it can be. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. I like, I'm excited to see what Jordan love does, man. He's been, he's been lights out and he's had pressure all in his face, all game long, every game. And when the pressure gets to him, 
It doesn't. Like, it doesn't affect him. It doesn't change his throw. He's still accurate downfield. He's making people pay for it. I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. Like, Jordan, Jordan's the hottest quarterback in the playoffs right now. And am I saying he's the best quarterback in the league? No. But he's the hottest right now. And there's no better time to be hot than round two of the playoffs going to Santa Clara to see the 49ers. Yeah, I got to ask you, I keep seeing all these videos of the similarities between Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, Brett Favre, all, all these weird arm angles, you know, yeah. throws, like just eerily <laughs> similar mannerisms on the field. Is that something that is coached in the QB room? Obviously, uh, we know that the Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre have all had the same QB coach or at some point have had the same QB coach yeah. in Tom Clemens. Is that something that he's actively working on with you guys or is it just a matter of in Green Bay, you sit behind some quarterbacks, you have some time to pick up what they do, and maybe some of it shows up on the field when when it's your time. Yeah, dude, I think like Tom does a great, great job of the things that are within the play. So like your footwork, your timing, like decision making, like this is how you play quarterback in the West Coast system. That's what Tom does really well of. Jordan learned a lot of this from watching Aaron and what Aaron was willing to share with us for my one year there, his what, three years with Jordan? I think it was three, right? Yeah. Like Aaron was a complete open book. And I think that has just changed the trajectory of what Jordan's careers look like and will look like. And I also don't want to discredit Jordan because he had to put in the work. He had to be willing to try to develop into a different player. And I think what Jordan has done the best job of right now is when the game is like clean, he is so in rhythm. He's accurate. He's on time. Like he's playing the West coast scheme, how it was designed to be played on time. When that has to hit the fan, he's picking his shots of when to go gunslinger, when to be leaning off and jumping back foot and like buying that extra time by leaning and, you know, changing his arm angle. So I think this is like kudos to Jordan for knowing when to be the guy and when to be a system guy. And he's a, when he's the system guy, he doesn't miss. He's kind of like, it's kind of like he's playing like Jared Goff kind of when he's in the system. But when he doesn't have to be in the system and when they need him to make a play on third and eight and everyone's blitzing him and like people are running free he's balling. And I don't think you can ask for him to do anything better. Like I, he's playing near perfect football right now, which is incredible. So is Aaron, it's hard for me to imagine that when you guys are, I don't know, when coaches are telling you to make some of these throws, they seem almost so unorthodox. It seems hard to teach that. And it seems, it seems hard for me to believe that a coach would be like, you want to do it like this, because it seems like there's only a select number of guys that could make that throw, you know, do it with their feet in the air or off their back foot. Like that doesn't seem like sound quarterbacking and, and maybe i'm completely wrong so is that like <laughs> was, is that one of those exceptions that aaron will come in and be like yeah that's great except in this situation it's all right for you to be jumping or rolling out or off your back foot like is he kind of sprinkling in those exceptions or is that all built into you know what tom clemens is, is going through when as you guys are walking through all this yeah aaron would chime in when he felt like it needed like something needed to be said and i think like the biggest thing that I think playing quarterback is like, look, there is a way to, there's a foundational way to play the position. That's like how Tom Brady played. That's how Peyton Manning played. But there's also like a way to get out of that and to do things that like physically, like, and scientifically allow you to do different things. Like a different arm angle allows you to hit a certain throw that if you are coming over the top and finishing and flicking the booger, like, you know what I mean? You cannot make those throws. You will not be accurate over the course of the game. You won't be accurate over like the history of your career doing it that way. Where I think the biggest thing with Jordan is he's buying time with his arm angle. He's buying time with his body and his lean. He's getting his feet off the ground 
and he's able to throw as a rotational thrower instead of a stepping thrower. And like, you see some guys that like put your foot at your target, you got to put your foot at your target and they're great and accurate most of the time. But as soon as the pocket breaks down and things aren't comfortable in his lap, that's when those types of guys have a hard time where like Jordan's right now, like, all right, pressure me. Like it doesn't really affect much as long as I can get the ball off. So I think it's more of a way like this, this new style of throwing where you're like flipping your hips and rotating and not stepping as much allows you to be, if you can master it, allows you to be more accurate when shit hits the fan. So I think that's what you're finding with them right now. Yeah. I mean, it, all, all those, all those videos are just, I, I watch everyone. Cause yeah. even, I mean, the one that was going on recently was Romeo Dobbs pass in the end zone where he kind of threw it back against the grain. And it was almost exactly like one that, that far through. It's like it, there are so many of these that it can't just be a coincidence. And so it's, it's cool to yeah. hear that it's not. Yeah. So like, and that's, I think what it like the, the real like lineage of this or lineage of this, look, we've already, we've heard the reports when Favre was like, look, it was not my job to take Aaron under my belt. It's not my job. It's not my contract for me to coach him. Great. Aaron watched every single thing he did for a really long time and mastered it in his own way. So like Aaron, who he is as a quarterback, took and put in his toolbox things that Favre did well, things that other people did well, whatever, and made his own version of what he felt like he was the best version of himself as a quarterback. And then he was willing to share that, what, 15 plus years of learning and growing and whatever with Jordan. And now you have Jordan, who's got a good foundation of like how to play in a West Coast scheme, plus this like accelerated learning path of spending three years with someone that's willing to give you the answers. Like, so for me, I'm, I'm not shocked at all at what Jordan's doing. He's obviously talented. He can make all the throws. Like his thing was like, can he consistently be accurate? And yeah, he is right now. So um, I just think it's part quarterback coach, part great situation for Jordan. And maybe like the NFL will see this of, oh my God, they've had three quarterbacks in the last, I don't know, four decades. Maybe mm -hmm. giving quarterbacks time to learn will work. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's, it's a good track record. So it is. It, it is. It's crazy when you apply that frame of thinking to other quarterbacks in the league and you have quarterbacks like Justin Fields, who's now only coming into his third year and people are ready yeah. to move on from him. And it's like, whatever you sit on that debate of, should they draft Caleb Williams or should they stick with him? You have to at least understand that Jordan Love sat for three years. And at the beginning of his fourth year, we were still ready to you know, blast him off into space. Like things still weren't looking good. And now he's yeah. now he's a guy that I think a lot of teams wish they had. And it, it just doesn't always work like a CJ Stroud where it clicks right away. And the no. stuff takes time. And more and more of these quarterbacks get less time. Well, look at like, what would Aaron's career be like if he went somewhere else and had to play right away? We might not have been able to witness one of the most talented throwers in the history of the world, right? Like, that's just, that's, that's what it is. That's what, that's who he is. And same thing with Jordan. If he went somewhere and he had to play right away, his career path would be entirely different. And now he's like trying to lead the Packers to the Super Bowl in year one of his starting tenure. And I think like even a different scenario, like with me, I got the benefit of sitting behind Matt Ryan and Matt Schaub for three years. I hated sitting and like not doing shit. I hated it, but I got to watch two guys that like, we're not physically gifted in terms of like speed and athleticism and like creativity or whatever, but they knew the foundational way of how to play the game in the West coast scheme. And I spent three years with them and just was drilled. This is how it's done. And so like, for me, I got to learn, this is the origin story of the West coast and how it's taught to anybody. I could teach it to anyone. And I know how to do that. 
But then I also was blessed and fortunate enough to go to the Packers and see the exact opposite of how to play the game of like, no, it's rhythm and feel and like whatever. But I was able to take things from different people and now I'm done playing and I'm able to apply it in a different light. And had I not had the time to even just be in the rooms with those guys, that information never would have been shared with me and I wouldn't be able to use it the way I am today. And I think that's like, if you're, if you're Justin Fields right now, like we were just talking about him, who have you been learning the game from? Right. Because your coach, your, your quarterback coach or your offense coordinator, like I know their job is to teach you, but their job is to game plan and their job is to get the film and to find the best scheme and to win right now. Their job is like, there are going to be missing details in the development of any quarterback if they're not given the time with someone who's done it for a really long time. And that's just, some guys get the short end of the stick. Some guys get to play right away. So, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, there's give and take with all of it. And, and you see how it builds up in a place like Green Bay. Like you have now, like let's say Jordan goes on and has a nice career. Like you have now three separate careers that have been learned from and iterated from. And that's just institutional knowledge that continues to go on. Meanwhile, you have guys like Justin Fields, Bryce Young, who come in and have to start completely from scratch. And they could be yeah. talented as all get out. And, and they're still playing from way further behind the starting line from a guy like Jordan Love because they haven't had the time to learn. I mean, it's, yeah. it's so interesting. And I don't think that nuance is, is often applied to dissecting some of these quarterbacks. hundred percent. And like, if you, I know this is like way off topic of what we were going to do today, DFS, but I think this is a good conversation. Like you look at some of these guys that just, you can tell they, they're like just playing off of athleticism and they're playing off of like just instinct and yeah, they have their scheme, but like, then you look at Jordan and you look at the situations that he's been in how comfortable does he look when it's third and 12 or third and 10 and the pressure is like starting to show and he's like, Oh, hold up, hold up. We got to go this, this, this slide here, do this. Hey, short motion down. This is the new concept. Hey, give me an Omaha. Like all within the matter of like six to eight seconds, because he's had what is three years, 365 times three, a lot of days. Almost a thousand days. Yeah. Doing Over a thousand the days. same shit. Like where that is taught and learned and ingrained is in the walkthrough in the indoor that you do every single day and because you don't want like it's it's the same thing you practice the same thing ten thousand times you're gonna master it like i guarantee you has a lot of reps that and that's he's been able to get those reps that normally take guys like five to ten years of their career because they don't have someone else in front of them to like give that to them so he's had the back like behind the room reps of three years plus now first what three months of the season to figure it out with his new guys and he's able to elevate all those young guys now because he's just passing down what he's learned and what he's what he knows. So it's it's a really it should be a case study, like honestly. And yeah. it's it's fascinating to me. I love that stuff. It's awesome. All right. Well, let's talk about two more quarterbacks that are exciting. Yeah. The early Saturday afternoon game, we have Texans at Ravens, two quarterbacks that are playing incredibly. You know, you, you have CJ Stroud, who's probably the offensive rookie of the year, Lamar, yep. MVP, passing lines before we get into it. Stroud, two thirty eight and a half, Lamar. 227 and a half. So interestingly, Stroud edges him there. We have Nico Collins at five and a half receptions or 77 and a half yards. And we have an anytime touchdown play at 2.46 multiplier. And I feel like his touchdowns have been locks these past couple weeks. Yeah. Now I think I saw that Noah Brown, another Texans receiver, might have just gone on IR. So it's like yeah. Nico Collins and that's it. Nico's the, the receiver that I love this week. And I don't love, I don't think he's going to have an earth shattering game. I don't even think the Texans are going to win. 
I don't think that they should win. If they do, I'll be happy for them. But I just think the way that this game's going to go in Baltimore, where do they play on Sunday? Saturday. They play Saturday. It's going to be 17 degrees outside. And the Texans have not played well in the cold. The Ravens don't need to throw the ball. Like, I look at the Ravens very similar to the Bills of, like, cold weather, need to run the ball, advantage them because their quarterbacks can take over the run game. And that is a real, that's a neutralizer in these cold weather games that as long as they take care of the football, they should win the game. I don't think that CJ CJ Stroud can out throw them or throw them into this game. I don't think he can do that. Mm. Um, I don't think he's going to play bad, but I just think this one is like the most lopsided matchup in my opinion. And just because of how the Ravens play football and their defense is obviously best in the league. I don't know. I just, I don't love see. I don't like touching unders. You know that. So I would never, I would never touch an under on passing yards. I don't think. I don't think unless it's Brock Purdy, and it's set super <laughs> high. Yeah. Like I love Brock. I think he's awesome, but his lines, his line is set so high. So I'm going to take the under in a rain game. But like CJ Stroud, two thirty five. You could get a fluke eighty yard touchdown, and then it's like, damn, you know, like you're hit if you take the under. So I'm not going to touch that. But I do think like. Some of the people in this game, I think Nico Collins, five and a half receptions, like I like it. I think he should get it, but they're also going to be able to get extra eyes on him because there's one less receiver to pull coverage. I actually think that probably the best reception line in this one is going to be Dalton Schultz. Um, He set it three and a half, and I know that's kind of high, but I think for the multiplier, it's not that bad. He had a drop touchdown, I believe, last week that he should have scored on. And then you got to think, too, the stats against the Browns, they had two pick sixes, so like two offensive drives completely taken away. Stats were a little low. I think Dalton's going to have to have a good game for them. And I think against the linebackers, like it's not a it's not a bad matchup for him. So I like Dalton Schultz receptions um, at three and a half. I love Gus Edwards, 51 and a half uh, rush it, rushing yards. I think that's going to hit in this game. I really, really, really like Lamar Jackson um, total passing yards and rushing yards at 281 and a half. I think with Lamar, you have to always grab both because you ne- you don't know what type of game it's going to be. But I think Lamar Jackson having under 300 yards in this game total between the two is probably not likely. So that's kind of what I'm looking at on this game. I'm not the most confident out of this slip, this entry. But I think this one is kind of more of like a home run type play. And then while we're at it, (sighs) Justin Tucker has been money. Give me Justin Tucker seven and a half kick points as well, because I think the Ravens are going to score points. And whether it's field goals, touchdown, extra points, whatever. Besides last week when they or two weeks ago when they played Pittsburgh, he had eight, 15 and 11. Like the Baltimore Ravens are going to score points. And I don't care how good the defense is on the other side. I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to score points. So this one to me looks like three and a half Dalton Schultz receptions, 52 rushing yards for Gus Edwards or more Lamar Jackson over 282 total yards and Justin Tucker, seven and a half kick points. I'm going to put 50 bucks on this to make 471. A nice 9.42 multiplier as we speak right now. And it's a great reminder for people. I mean, <laughs> there are a lot of people tweeting at us last week, which was awesome. They want a bit of money. Yeah. You, you got to get on these early because you got to. the lines are going to change. I mean, especially as we talk about weather, like yeah. as forecasts start to solidify a little bit as we get closer, I'm sure, you know, in the Packers for Niners game, maybe even in this game, the lines are going to start to come down a bit. So to take maximum advantage, it's good to get on them early. Um, yep. 
How do you see, you know, you mentioned talking about game scripts. Do you see this being another lower scoring one or is it just kind of a lopsided, you know, the Ravens could score in any weather. It's probably just going to be a lot of Ravens, not a lot of Texans. Yeah, I I think my gut's telling me lopsided. I would never touch, I would never touch double digit points on a spread um, unless it's in a game live. But um, I do think it's going to be lopsided. This game, in my opinion, the Ravens are going to blow them out, and it's just going to be like, damn, those good year Texans, but like, got to reload, got to get some more weapons. Let's mention, like, they they're missing uh, what Noah Brown. They're missing Tank Like, like they are decimated and somehow doing it. And I just think that the way that the the Ravens can control the clock, run the ball in a cold weather game like this, give me advantage Ravens times ten. So. Um, that's kind of where I'm thinking right now. All right. Let's move on to Sunday. The early game on Sunday, we have Tampa Bay at Detroit. I know you've kind of hinted that you're more confident in Detroit winning this game than you are in San Francisco winning their game. We have yeah. Baker Mayfield's passing line set at 254.5, Jared Goff at 279.5. Uh, funny enough, weather is not a factor in this game. I don't know if you saw that Todd Bowles interview clip Dude, this that week. That was so where funny. <laughs> Find to the reporter that the game is, in fact, indoors, so he has not been preparing his his team for the cold Michigan weather. He was weather. really nice. He was really he nice. He was really nice. It. Yeah. I, I, it must have just slammed that reporter. Yeah. It must have just like taken him out of this mode of like coach speech where it's like, wait, did I miss something? Nope. Yeah. It's actually no, nothing is different are here. We, are we playing? <laughs> Should we be That's prepared funny. for the cold? No, That's not at all. Funny. So what are you, uh, what are you looking at in this game? How do you, how do you foresee this one going? Yeah. So I was looking earlier in the week and um, Amon Ross St. Brown has already moved on his receiving yards and I did not put an entry in, but I'm still going to grab it. I think Amon Ross to have over 90.5 receiving yards in last four weeks. He's had 106, 90, 144 and 110. Got to have a game. I think the Bucks defense is susceptible to getting ripped in the pass game. Um, if they're not playing the Eagles, leave that there. I think he's going to get involved. I want to see Gibbs. Um, I want to see Gibbs a little more involved. He didn't hit and he hasn't been getting his rushes like he typically has been in the past. So I'm not going to touch him, but I do think maybe they get him involved at some point. If you're going to be looking at the live lines, just see what their involvement with him is in early. And then I really, really like David Montgomery. I think what they have David Montgomery for is this like surefire. He's going to protect the football. He's going to lower his shoulder. And he's going to get yards after contact. The only thing that I will say is his line right now is set at 54 and a half. Like, the Bucks run defense is stout. So I'm not thinking of taking that, but it's something that like I'm looking at. Um, I do think he probably is worth a rushing touchdown considering he's had one in each of the last four weeks. If they get, that's the other thing about the, the lions. If they get in the red zone, they're not risking anything. They're not risking turnovers. They're going to pound it with David Montgomery straight downhill. That's their first answer. Like first and second down, if they're in the five, he's getting two carries. So I think I'm going to do another one since I won pretty decent last week. I'm going to throw a rushing touchdown, and I think that makes it a little bit more risky, but I think it, it lends itself to the type of game this is going to be. Um, and then last but not least, dude, no. You know, we're going to make a super script. I really, I really do like this game. I think this game is the one that can be the most proportionate or disproportionate with um, stats. So give me Jared Goff to have two passing touchdowns. I think he does it this week. He almost had it last week against the Rams. I think he does it this week. His line, that multiplier is 1.55. Um, and then I'm trying to find, oh yeah, give me Aiden Hutchinson's sack. He's been money. He has had three, five, seven sacks in the last three weeks. So I like that. I like that. And then let's go to the Bucks side. The Bucks, I think, are going to get their passing yards against um, 
I think they're going to they're going to have to throw the ball against this defense. I think they're going to have opportunities to throw the ball. I don't think they're going to go crazy, but I do think Baker Mayfield is going to get um his passing yards at 255 and a half. I think Mike Evans is going to get his four and a half receptions this week. He has not gotten in the last three weeks, but Lions DBs, little sus. I, I think I like it. I think it, I think I do. Um, and then last but not least, Rashad White, he had 75 and 72 yards in the last few weeks. I really like him to be able to run the ball. I think the, I think this is like a 10 point win for the Lions. Um, that's what I'm looking at it at right now. Look, the lines are literally changing as I'm submitting this. So yeah, I see that too. what I'm seeing. Um, yeah. This one, I'm going to put 50 bucks on this. This is a 39 X multiplier. $50 Oof. pays $1,964. If we hit this, Tyler's going back to Hawaii. So <laughs> good luck. But so, yeah, this yeah. Is, I'll, I'll read it out one more time. Just full recap. Amon Ra over 93 receiving yards. Montgomery rushing touchdown. Golf 1.5 passing touchdowns. Aiden Hutchinson sack. Mayfield, 255 passing yards. Uh, Mike Evans, four and a half receptions. Rashad White, 55 and a half rushing yards. That'd be crazy. If this hits, yeah, I like it. I just submitted it. We're we're locked in forever. So if I mean, they take my if, 50 if, bucks, they take my 50 bucks. But they got, hey, look, Sleeper got worked last week by me. By me. I'll just tell you that. So they, they're, they, they need that 50 bucks. Yeah, they they need this because they got, whew, dude. I I hit, I just I hit almost every entry I put in last week. So it, I was due because I was on a little bit of cold cold spell on sleeper on sleeper. And I mean, what if you just handed out a I don't know what that was like thirty nine x winner? I mean, and then then nobody can tell me shit the rest like really until ne- midway next season because I should have them covered for a while. <laughs> midway next season, okay. Yeah. We'll give you until about week eight or nine next year until. You're yeah, if I go if I go dry until week nine of next year and this hits, we're fine. Then we're even. Yeah, yeah. You, you, then you, yeah, you're, you're you're broken even at that point. Yep. All right. All right. Final game. <laughs> this one. This is man. Holy. This is the game, and they know it because they put it on Sunday. It's put on Sunday evening, so they know this is the game. Kansas City yep. at Buffalo feels like Kansas City never actually plays at Buffalo, but yep. here they are. I don't know the weather. I don't know if you have a beat on the weather, Kurt. I imagine I it's do. going to be cold. Is oh, it going I to still be do. snowy? It, it, well, you let us know. Yeah, dude. And this is my my question is like, I don't think enough people know the weather when they go into these games that they're trying to put money on. Like, hmm. I just, I think they look at them and like, oh, what? like, dude, the weather matters. And I think the weather is not accounted for as much as the lines are suggesting. Because you got to remember the lines open and then the people move the lines. So like, that's how sports books work. That's how companies like this work. And I know I don't believe sleepers technically a sports book, but they're not like the way that these like spreads and stuff it opens wherever it opens. And then the public decides, where's it going to go from here? I don't think the public really takes into account the weather too much. So I'm looking at this game, Sunday night football, Sunday night football. It's going to be 11 degrees, bro. It's going to be 11 degrees. And I'm sorry. I'm not liking passing yards. As much as people might think, I think this is going to be a Josh Allen run the ball game. I think the Chiefs play a lot of too high shell. So, like, I know that Sleeper is discounting Josh Allen, and that just feels like a trap. It probably hits, but I still think it's a trap. Mm. I think it's a trap. So, they have a 20% off discount on Josh Allen. 187 yards would make it hit. If you like it, take it. I'm not going to risk it. I'm going to take the Josh Allen 44 and a half rushing yards because I think I know ball. And then. From here, this is where it's like, okay, what type of game is this going to be? We talk about game script, move our, we work backwards from game script. 
dude, I think there's going to be a lot of underneath receptions caught. So right now I look at Cook, James Cook, three receptions, four receptions last two weeks. It's going to be a cold game. Those are more high probability completions. His line set at two and a half. Give me that 1.7 multiplier. Then you look at, this is the other thing I don't like. I don't like that Kincaid and Knox are both involved as heavily as they are. So I don't know which one to touch, but I will say that Stefan Diggs last week, last two weeks, crunch time football, seven receptions, both weeks, his line set at five and a half. If you don't think that they're going to give at least two to three screens to Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. If you don't think they're going to give at least, I've been talking too much, two to three screens to Stefan Diggs and let him catch like some underneath stuff. You're out of your mind. It's playoff football. And then six and a half points for Tyler Bass. I think I think the Bills are going to win this game. And I think that the Chiefs play stingy red zone defense. So give me Tyler Bass six and a half kick points. Now we got to move to the other side, that, that dirty, filthy other side over there because I don't know what's going to happen in their offense. I, that's the mm. thing with the Chiefs. I never know. And I've lost so many entries with Travis Kelsey and last week he had seven receptions. They have him set at six and a half this week. I don't see it. Like I th- like he should, but he's dropped a lot of balls. Like he hasn't been targeted some weeks. Like, I don't know. He's a, he's a wild card. What I do know is rice though. Rice's receiving yards are set at 69 and a half. He's at 130 yards the past two weeks each. Give me rice's receiving yards. Give me, Oh, Pat Mahomes, dude. Are you going to throw for two touchdowns? No, you're not. You haven't done it in three weeks. I don't think you're doing it. Let's go talk about Pacheco. I think Pacheco's the last piece of this. I think Pacheco's going to have to run the ball, and they're going to need him to do that. So I'm going to add him as the last one. This is going to be 25X, dude. Josh hmm. Allen, over 45 rushing yards. Cook, over two and a half receptions. Stephon Diggs, over five and a half receptions. Bass, over six and a half kick points. Rice, over 70 receiving yards. Pacheco, over 62 and a half rushing yards. $50 pays $1,250. 25X. Give it to me. Give it to me. I like it. We have some risky ones. We have some that I think are a little more surefire. But again, dude, it's the playoffs. Like, we'll we'll find out come game day who's who. Um, but I, I really like this. And I think what I'm also going to do is I'm going to go back and probably mix and match a few of those between games um, for ones that I'm super sure of. So for everyone that's listening, I go and I, I make my same games. And then I go back and take my favorites from the same games and put like two to three legs at a time to hopefully cover for any losses that I might have. So it's pretty smart. It's pretty smart. I mean, you mentioned that Chiefs offense being so sporadic. It seems like they've kind of centered around the Rasheed Rice, Patrick Mahomes thing. But even Pacheco, who feels like he's been pretty consistent, if you look at his last five weeks, four weeks, it's 89 yards last week, but then it was nothing against LA. He sat, so that makes sense. Yeah. But then it was 130 against Cincinnati, and then only 26 against Vegas. So it's like he seems boomer bust. It's, them, dude. it's it has fickle, man. Yeah. And but that's that is what I do like. I think one thing you get out of playoff football when you're doing all this is you get coaches going back to the bread and butter because if they're gonna lose, they're not gonna lose doing some stupid shit. At least they shouldn't. So they're gonna die by what they do best. And I think Pacheco was a huge part in them getting here. I think they're going to have to, in a cold weather game, feed him. Even if they get down by seven points, 10 points, like they're going to have to run the ball because the Chiefs are not built to play from behind and air it out. That's just not who they are anymore. Mahomes doesn't have the weapons to do that. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. I'm, this game, dude, like, again, 
it could go either way. The Bills could come out and dominate, control the clock, and run the ball and like make it uncomfortable for the Chiefs. Or the Chiefs could have a few big plays that pop, and it's like, oh, wow, are, is Buffalo going to be able to come back? Does Josh Allen have to rip it into like tight coverage to try to make plays? So like and, like all these games, dude, I'm going light pregame, and then I'm waiting to see how does this first quarter or two play out before I really want to like go back and re-grab some of the line, the live options available. Sure. Well, we have an exciting week of football, an exciting weekend of football. It, yeah. It's crazy to me that there's only four teams left in each division. Like when I saw the graphic of like, you know, the Packers are one of four teams left in the NFC. That's yeah. crazy. And then after this weekend, right. you're one game away from going to the Super Bowl. So you, you talk about a team like Green Bay or Tampa pulling off an upset or even the Texans pulling off an upset. Like those teams are now one game away from going to the Super Bowl. And that just feels so big to me. Like all the lead up and the hype around the Super Bowl is like, it feels like you're in the soup you're in the Super Bowl forever once you yeah. once you make it there. So it's it's crazy how quickly those things can change. Yeah, dude. It's uh I you know me, I'm a sucker for the storylines, dude. And I think there's so many good storylines this week. And just like this has been a really good playoff overall for the storylines that have had to happen. And I think we've had some cool upsets. We've had some underdogs come up and like show they're not afraid. Now we got our first seeds, our first round by guys that are like, all right, time to come back, strap it up and see what we can do. And I like what today's Thursday. I literally am just fiending. I'm fiending for Saturday. I need it. I need it. <laughs> it's going to be tough once we have that week off before the oh. Super Bowl. I mean, that's it's I don't want to put us oh. there yet, but it's it's going to be difficult as you're uh, as you're sitting here on a Thursday feeding for you get four games this weekend can you, can you give the people Kurt, your final four prediction after this weekend like who's who's coming out in the afc and the nfc championship it's going to be bills ravens it's going to be lions packers mm. lions packers nfc north rematch ford field if that's the case the lions will have been undefeated at ford field in the playoffs in the history of the ford field that's true <laughs> if we get to that point so just we got some stuff to break if that happens. We do. We'll have some stuff to talk about. Well, if that happens, I expect uh, next week's next week's episode to, to hit pretty hard because 100%. these Packer fans ride hard. And the ones that don't ride hard, Kurt, they just call you a homer and they just kind of hate on you because they, Dude. I don't know, they forget that you played for other teams, it seems like. Like when you, like, when you shit on the Falcons, there's no, there's not the same backlashes when you talk positively about a young, exciting team like the Packers. Dude, but. Go, like all of the people that have been shit talking to me the last few days, this is my message to you. Go back and look at my Twitter from weeks one through six and see how much shit I was talking about the Packers and what they were doing and how they weren't putting the players in the best position to be successful. Go look back until week 16, 17 about Joe Barry and all that stuff that I've been talking about. I will give credit where it's due and they have flipped the script. They are playing well. They're coaching well. People are in the right positions. They're being prepared. And when it's not, I'll flip right back because if they don't show up prepared this week, I will give my opinion. That is all that I do. I give my opinion as honestly and just from my own experience and my perspective. And I'm I'm thankful that I'm right 80 plus percent of the time. <laughs> like I, got a good hit. A I got a good hit rate. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to tell them. Yeah. <laughs> you're thankful you're right so often. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm, th I'm thankful too, Kurt. I mean, it wins us some money sometimes. <laughs> so who am I to complain? Look, yeah. What can I say, dude? I, I definitely look out for the guys that are close and sending them some pregame stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> all yeah, good let's go. awesome let's go well, let's go win this weekend whoever your team let's is go let's go win sweet well until next time i'm excited we'll catch you guys in the next episode we got some juice we're ready for playoff football holy shit good luck